Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. The Bible tells us without faith, it is impossible to please God. The Bible also tells us that the just shall live by faith. I want you to join us as we share messages on faith, how faith should be employed in the life of the believer. If you can, grab a hold to your Bible. Get into the Word of God with us and listen to these messages as we strengthen our faith. To many of us, faith may be a mystery. We think it's something we have to continue to beg God for or something we have to seek after. I'm going to share with you that you already have enough faith to get things done. You just need to exercise it. Now come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. We have been looking at the institution of the church that was established by Jesus Christ. In fact, he said in Matthew 16, 18, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We saw him as he went into the temple as we've looked through the book of Matthew, and he went to the temple where they were worshiping, and he drove out the money changers and the merchants and declared that his house is a house of what? prayer. He taught about how members of his church should hold one another accountable when we know that they are practicing sin. He showed us how important each member is to the church when he told us about the parable of the lost sheep. And he said when the sheep wandered off, the shepherd was intentional and went to look for them. And not only looked for them, he found them and brought them back to the fold. As the church was forming and given her marching orders, Jesus taught one of the most important lessons to the disciples about what it's going to take for the church to be effective. And I want to look at that in Matthew chapter 21, beginning at verse 18. Matthew 21, 18, in the NIV says, Early in the morning he was on his way back to the city. He was hungry. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it, but found nothing on it except leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. Immediately, the tree withered. When his disciples saw this, they were amazed. How did the fig tree wither so quickly, they asked. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. When Jesus spoke those words, he was responding to the disciples' amazement that when Jesus spoke, Something happened. He spoke to the tree and cursed the tree, and they saw immediately that that tree began to wither. And they were amazed, not that Jesus worked miracles. They saw him work many miracles before, but they was at another level of amazement. And Jesus said, if you have the faith that I'm teaching you, you can ask for whatever you want in prayer, and you can do the same thing. 
The same incident is mentioned in the book of Mark chapter 11 where he cursed the fig tree. And he taught this lesson on faith, but he began it there by saying, have faith in God. Have faith in God. And we must know God before we can have faith in God. If we're going to have faith in him, we have to know him. And as our knowledge of God grows, our faith in him grows as well. Jesus taught us from the book of John chapter 14, and this is my introduction, so you don't have to turn here. In chapter 14, that if we have faith in him, we will do what he has been doing. He said this in 1411, I'll tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. Now, why does he say this to the church? He says to the church, now, I want you not to be powerless. I want you to be effective. I'm going to leave, but the church has an, an agenda. The church has, uh, has, has something that I'm giving you that you need to do. You are my, you are my voice in the earth. You are my hands. You're, you're, you're who I'm going to work through in the earth, and you need to have power, and you need to understand how to operate in faith, you will be doing what I have been doing. I think that Jesus expects the church to do what he has been doing. I said this through this series. Now, if Jesus Christ came and sat in our churches today and observed how we do church, I wonder if he would say, you know, that's exactly what I had in mind. When I said upon this rock, I'll build my church. That's exactly what I had in mind. I envisioned a nice choir, a nice warm building in the winter, and an air-conditioned building in the summer, and people sitting and coming to worship for about an hour or 45 minutes, and then going home and doing nothing else until the next week when they may come back. That's what I had in mind for my church. No, I think you would think, what are they doing? Look at the people around us. I talked to a group the other day. I said, the Lord already told us what's going to be on the test. He gave us the answer to the test, and he said, I'm going to judge you on this. He says, I, I was sick, and you didn't visit me. I was in prison, and you didn't come to see me. I was hungry, and you didn't feed me. I was naked, you didn't close me. That's going to be on the test, and the church is so interested in just having church, but we're ineffective in being a church shouldn't be a big argument in the nation about who's going to take care of the poor folk. And they're arguing about cutting the budget and we, you know, if I cut the budget, who's going to take care of the poor? It was God's plan that the church take care of the poor. The people of God, through their tithe and offering, give to the church and the church is supposed to do the work of taking care of the widows and the orphans and the poor and the downtrodden. Just read your Bible. But no, when the money comes to the church, it may never leave again. It has to go in our bigger buildings. It has to go in our bigger programs. More stuff. I want a bigger television broadcast so more people can see me. But would that what Jesus would say? Yeah, this is exactly what I had in mind. I like this. I like this building. Now, he doesn't mind us having a nice building, but he wants us to do what he designed for us to do, because he says, i tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. What has he been doing? The Bible says Jesus Christ, full of the Holy Ghost, went about healing the sick, teaching the word of God, 
loosing those that were bound, casting out demonic forces. That's what he was doing. So what is the church doing? We got more bound up people today than we've ever had. We send them over to the doctor. Let them give them a prescription. That'll fix them. Somebody got an issue. Don't come in here with that. This is the church. Keep them out there. He said, he's going to do what I've been doing, and he will do even greater than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Oh, we have taken a hold of this scripture, and we have said in the church, you can ask God for anything you want, and he's commanded to do it because his words say he's going to do whatever you want him to do. Ask him for your car. Ask him for that better house. Ask him for your diamond rings. Ask him for your designer suits and your designer shoes. Ask him. He said he's going to give you whatever you ask for. That's what we've used our faith for, to get stuff. Yeah, just, just ask him. I'm a man of faith. I believe I shall have what I say when I pray. And I, I will say that I will be blessed. I will have the best car. I will have the best house. I will have the best furniture. I will have all the best because my God is wealthy. Look at what he said. He said, I'll tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things because I'm going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name. Now, that's more than just saying, I ask for all these things in Jesus' name. That means I'm asking under the mindset. I'm asking under what I believe he would have me to ask for to do. I'm asking under his authority, under his agenda, under whatever his protocol is. That's why I'm asking under his name. I'm going to ask under his name so that the son may bring glory to the father. Then you can ask me for anything in my name and I will give it to you. Now, if you got a good name, you got any reputation and people that know you, they know that somebody can't come up and ask for something off the wall and say that you told them that you should ask that. If somebody came up to any member of this church and say, Pastor Martin says that uh, if you just go to him, uh, it don't matter who you are or whatever, he's going to give everybody $2,500. You say, no, nah, uh, in his name. And I said, no, that, that ain't in his name. <laughs> Why? Because I know him. I know he didn't say that. He, you might have thought that's what he said. But that's not in his name. So having faith in God and in Jesus is vital to the productivity of the church. God is looking for something, and he's looking for a vibrant church in these last days that will represent him, that will do more than come together to congregate. He's not looking for a congregation. He's looking for a vibrant called out bunch of believers who are on fire with the power of the Holy Ghost that is making a difference wherever they are. If we're going to do what we've been called to do, we're going to need the faith of Jesus Christ and that he taught in order to be able to get that done because we have resistance. We're in a spiritual warfare, and we're going to need power, and we're going to need faith. If we're going to produce good fruit for the kingdom of God, we're going to need faith. That fig tree was not producing fruit, and you don't want to be like that fig tree, and some of you wonder why things ain't growing in life. I think you almost might have been cursed because the Lord looked at you and said, you ain't doing nothing. 
If we're going to experience the abundant life, we're going to need faith. Faith is the substance that the believer lives on. We're talking about believers now. We're talking about saved folks. Faith is the substance that we live on. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. And we can get a good picture of that as we look at a brief lesson of some observations from the life of Abraham. So when it comes to the subject of faith, some believers have lived beneath their privilege because they've not been taught the biblical principles of faith, nor have they been taught how to exercise the faith that they have. On the other hand, there are teachers in the body of Christ that have caused some believers to ask things of God and expect them according to a specific scripture. And when they don't receive it, then they are disillusioned, they are confused about faith and how faith works. We're going to go to Romans chapter 4 verse 17 as we look at a practical demonstration of faith. My definition of faith is just believing that whatever God said he will do, that's what he'll do. Romans 4.17 says, as it is written, God speaking to Abraham or Abram, he said, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and called things that are not as though they were. Verse 18, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it has been said to him, so shall your offspring be. I want you to know when Abraham first was introduced to God in Genesis chapter 12, God said to him, you are Abram, the father of many nations. Abram had no children. He'd been married a long time, had no children. But when God saw him and God introduced him to himself, God called him what he saw, not what he was. And when God said, you are the father of many nations, God has already established that that's what's going to occur. God has spoken some things to us through his word, and we need to know what God has spoken so that we can follow on into it no matter where we are today, no matter where we are in our spiritual growth, no matter what's going on around us. God has spoken some things to us through his word, and that when we are in his word, when we are obedient to his word, we have a right to believe and to expect that whatever God says concerning his word will come to pass. Verse 18 says, against all hope, Abram believed in hope and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said, so shall your offspring be. And without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith, gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he has promised. In these verses, I believe we find the key to living a life of faith. First and most importantly, this verse identifies the object of our faith in verse 17, which is God. Having faith in God and what God says. Listen, if you can't figure out what God is saying in your life, you need to spend more time in the Word and in prayer. 
You need to spend more time in word and in prayer. God will direct your life every day. He will direct every decision that you can make. He will direct you through his word and through prayer and through fellowship with him. God will direct your steps. The footsteps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So if you want your life to be a faith-filled life, get in good relationship with God so that you can hear him and he can speak to you primarily through his word. You got to hear from God. There are points in our lives when we come to a critical place in our lives, we're going to have to hear what God is saying so that we know where to stand and where to believe and where to hold fast in our faith. You just can't grab a hold to something that you think you might want to have happen and then hope that it's going to happen when God has not spoken. See, there are those who will teach that all I got to do is just say it and I'll have what I say. But Lamentations 3 says... Who can declare a thing and have it happen if God has not spoken it? You can speak it all you want to, but if God didn't say it, it ain't happening. And when God said, somebody else can speak against it, it's still going to happen. If God said, you don't have to speak positive about it. You don't have to have a positive confession. Because God said it, it's going to happen. As Jonah, God said, you're going to Nineveh. Jonah said, ain't going, ain't going. He didn't have a positive confession. He had a negative confession. Some people say, oh, don't say that. You have a negative confession. That's going to negate your faith. God said, you're going to Nineveh. Jonah said, ain't going. I'm going to take a cruise. Ended up in the belly of the whale. The whale spit him out on the shore, the seashores of Nineveh. Where am I at? In Nineveh. God said, you're going to Nineveh. When God has spoken it. So the key to exercising our faith is can I hear what God said? What did God say about my situation? If you're sick and the doctor told you you can't get well, you want to hear what God says. And when God says you're getting well, whose report are you going to believe? Somebody said, I believe what? The report of the Lord. It don't matter what the doctors say when God say. Doctors say you're going to die, and God say you're going to live. Guess what? You're going to live. When the doctors say you're going to live, and God say you're going to die, guess what? You're going to die. Then we're told that against all hope, Abraham believed against all hope. Now, the term hope and faith are related. Hope is the desire for something that you wish to realize or that may happen, where faith is the firm confidence that it is true. And that it will happen. See, many people are hoping for things to happen. They're hoping for things to get better. They're hoping, but hope alone is not faith. Abraham went beyond hope for the impossible. He believed that it would happen. His faith was in the promise of God that God made to him when God said, You shall become the father of many nations. In Genesis chapter 15, 5, he took him outside. He had to reconfirm it to him. He said, look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abraham believed, and the Lord credited to him as righteousness. Listen, faith is going to have to be exercised when there's something coming into your life that's greater than your ability to handle it. See, you don't need faith for what you can already see. You don't need faith for what you can already achieve. 
You don't need faith to go down and get some furniture for your apartment or your home. All you need is credit. And some places they tell you you don't need that. Just show you got a job. You don't need faith for that. Now, you might need faith to pay, but you don't need faith to get it. Anytime God is speaking something in your life, he's going to speak something that's greater than your ability to understand or to form it on your own, and that's when faith comes into play. Abraham was already 75 years old when God spoke to him and gave him this seemingly impossible promise. Now, he spoke to him and said, at 75 years old, you're going to be the father of many. Abraham probably would have thought a little bit different about it if he just got married. He was a newlywed. But Abraham probably been married about 50 years already. Notice that he don't have no children. And I'm sure he, he had been doing a little something, something. You know, for 50 years, he'd he been you know, doing a little something, but nothing happened. And now God is telling him after 50 years, suppose you ain't have no children for 50 years. And God told you you're going to have a lot of kids. You start laughing too. Verse 19 says, but without weakening in his face, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Faith will require you to look at some facts and said, regardless of what the facts says, I'm still going to believe God. Or well, the fact is that that child left home and is out there on drugs and, and, and living a, a risky lifestyle and, and it looked like he's never going to come to Christ. That's the fact. But faith says, yeah, God is able. Yeah, yeah, the, the fact said that they already filed for divorce. And my marriage is going down the tube. But faith said God is able to restore. Even though the fact that I've been served with papers, but, the, but my faith said God is able to restore this situation. The, the x-rays and the medical reports that they've run have, have said that cancer is in my body and, 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 and my, my, my situation looked bleak. But faith, when God speaks, says he's able. He's a healer. He was wounded for my transgression. And by his stripes, I'm healed. That's what faith will say. Abraham was waiting 25 years for the fulfillment of the promise. And as far as we know, he's had no prior history or witness of miracles in his life from God. But he stood firm in the faith. He didn't let the facts negate his faith. He stood strong in what he believed despite the facts. Jesus often challenged his disciples by saying, O ye of little faith, when God tells you something, you can be sure that God will do everything he said he would do. Thank you once again for joining us on the Light of the World broadcast. This is Jerry G. Martin. If you enjoyed today's broadcast and you would like to hear it again, you can do so by going to our podcast at the Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can listen to today's message or any previous messages that you've heard on this station. You may be going through some tremendous difficulties right now. God is able to move on your behalf. 
I encourage you to contact us if you would like someone to join you. Perhaps you're going through something, you need someone to pray with you and for you. Call us at 281-964-1393. Again, that's 281-964-1393. You can also contact us through our website at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. Then join us. We're meeting in person on Sundays at the Light of the World right here in Humble, Texas at 16161 Old Humble Road, 10 o'clock each Sunday morning. We still have our safety and health protocols in place. Come and join us for a tremendous time of worship and the Word of God. For those of you who are looking for a Bible bookstore in our community, come to the Beacon. It's right here on our campus at the Light of the World. Call us for books, Bibles, church supplies, communion supplies, or whatever you need. The Beacon, 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.